is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, get unstuck nation. So today I welcome my lovely friend right here to join Get Unstuck Radio for the second time. Please welcome Todd Plummer, CEO of Extraordinary Advisor. Todd is an executive coaching, no speaker, renowned thought leader, author, and CEO who is committed to helping business owner. Tackle their obstacle and clear their path to success. And today, of course, this is special timing for him because his second book is coming out, actually out today, from Sucks to Success: A Guide to Extraordinary Entrepreneurship. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today for the second time, Todd. Oh, the the timing couldn't be better. Thank you so much for having me back on your program, and and I'm super. Super excited to to talk about the new book coming out today. Um, we're doing a a Kindle program where we're do, we're selling the book for ninety nine cents. So anybody who who sees this and wants to get a copy on February 9th, uh, please go to Amazon, look up Suck to Success, or go to my website sucktosuccess.com or my other website extraordinaryadvisors.com. There'll be links to drive everybody to the book, and uh, I'm happy to anybody who doesn't like the book. And you spend 99 cents on it. Email me at Todd at Extraordinary Advisors, and I will PayPal you your dollar back. You'll actually make a penny because that's how confident I am in the book. I've got some incredible reviews from people. It's been just—it's um, kind of a bit of a whirlwind in what's going on. And I've got some great talent in the book. I've got Brian Scudamore from One Eight Hundred Got Junk. I've got Dr. Danny Friedland from Living Well from Within is in there. A ton of people have contributed to the book, and I'm super, super excited that you had me back on today. Yeah, sure. I mean, I have to say that it's like at the right timing of the world crisis as well, right? Like everyone stay at home and have to figure out actually what success means for them. Like what right now their life really means and what they really want in their life further to have the success. So I think your book just at the right timing. Well, it, it took five years to write, so I, I certainly don't think. Uh... Someone to think that I just you know started writing this during the pandemic, but here's where the pandemic was a, actually a real benefit to my my coaching practice. So when I retired as a, three, a CEO uh, nearly four years ago, um, you know the book was 80% done. I've been working this thing for now. It took about five years to complete it, and then I was going to be traveling the world last year. I was going to be on six different stages, speaking to my audience about getting unstuck, taking them from suck to success. And all those gigs got canceled. You know how that goes. And um, it freed up a lot of time for me. And like a lot of people who probably are listening today, you know, my itty bitty shitty committee started screaming at me that I'm never going to achieve what I want. I'm missing out on my ideal audience. Um, and, and I had to deal with that for a couple of days. And so what I did was really got quiet 
and I looked within and I'm like, why am I even doing all this? You know, I'm retired. I've got, you know, I've got more than I could ever, I could ever hope to enjoy in this world, but I do it because I want to improve lives. 12 years ago, I worked with Simon Sinek over two years. I came up with the two words, improve lives. And how can I improve lives during my current reality? Because my current reality was taking me away from the stages, taking me away from the audiences. So I decided that the best way for me to do that was two things. I, I did a lot of servant leadership volunteering. I spoke with 42 CEOs in 67 days for free mm. to, to help them get unstuck through some networks like EO, YPO, Vistage that I, I'm affiliated with. And the second thing is that I, I said, you know what? I'm going to finish this book. I've mm. got the time because ultimately one of the things I found that really helps entrepreneurs, CEOs, leaders, parents, even kids get unstuck is to, to do the best we can and recognize something's happening for us, not to us. So I decided that the pan, for me, and it was an internal decision, the pandemic's happening for me and not to me. And the craziest thing was I, I did all those volunteering. This is so funny. 42 CEOs, 67 days. I got zero clients from it, from those people that I spoke with. But from those, I got referred to people in their network and my coaching practice has tripled since March of last year. And so, the, I, so I'd be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. And I got super busy and I'm trying to complete the book and all these great things are happening to me during what would be considered for, for most people, you know, a very, very tough time in our history. And again, I just, I, I'm so thankful to my coach. So I coach and I use a coach. His name is Daniel Friedland. He's out of San Diego, California. And we talk a lot about try to pivot things, reformat things happening to us or happening for us, not to us. And that was something that, and I talk about it throughout the course of the book. So the book was 80% done and I started dropping in COVID stories in pandemic stories of how working with other leaders and even some of my self-work to get unstuck during those tough times. So, you know, I, I appreciate you reading the book. I appreciate you recognizing that it's, it's a, a hopefully going to be of great service to, to people listening on your show and around the globe during these tough times. Yeah. One of the things that's very stand out at the very first thing is that you say that um, extraordinary has been the word that's starting to be meaningless right now. And yes. you want to yes. change that. I, my company also named Extraordinarily by Mutika. And I know that each person are different and each person have their own extraordinary right. life. But why, right. why each person not really taking that so serious? Because they have only one life to live, right? I so they, much agree with you on that. Yeah, well, it, it, it was very frustrating to me. I, you know, I, I love music. I love movies. I love the performing arts. I, I, I really I appreciate anyone who, who creates something from nothing, whether it's entrepreneurship, music, movies, whatever. But then we flip into pop culture. And in the pop culture world of TikTok and Instagram and awards shows and all those things, you see someone win an award or get an accolade that they probably worked very hard to receive. I don't, I don't begrudge them for that. But then they, they, they go on stage and say how awesome this is and how everybody is extraordinary in their lives. And it was an extraordinary experience. Then they win again and it's extraordinary. And they win again. By the time they win their fifth award or they've got this going on or that going, they use extraordinary so often, I felt the word became minimized. Mm. And I felt it was important to reclaim that word because it's, it's an important word if used appropriately, if, if used correctly. Because if you want to build an extraordinary life or an extraordinary business, it's a singular event. It's a singular choice. Extraordinary to me may be very different than extraordinary to you. 
I know when I was getting started, an extraordinary business for me as an entrepreneur, as I had to have a $20 million staffing business. That was the only definition of what extraordinary meant to me. Well, that was a, a formula for failure. It was very singular. Today, in 2021, an extraordinary life to me is a successful life. And a successful life is doing what I want, where I want, as often as I want, with whomever I want to do it with. And whether that's talking to you today, this could be an extraordinary conversation if I show up and I, I deliver what you need and your audience gets value from it. And I can go have an extraordinary walk in the snow this afternoon with my family because that's an extraordinary moment we're going to create together. So it's that intentionality, like I talk about in the book, intention, not expectation of what extraordinary can mean to anyone listening today. Yeah, I couldn't stress enough. I mean, anyone who listening right now, you know that I keep saying that. When, you, when I say get unstuck, mean that you have to decide what you really want in life and you have to push your life first because you don't know what's going to happen. Next minute is the future already and we should live without regret, right? So appreciate every single moment and create that moment with intention. You, you just nail it right there. Well, I, I think, but there, there's a way to do that. And I'm, I'm sure you know this, but maybe your audience doesn't know it. And, mm -hmm. I, and I talk about it throughout the book. And it's really using the active learning cycle. I call it the E4 process. Mm -hmm. And with the active learning cycle, like you said, you, you, you recognize and you have intentionality around something. So you recognize what's not working for you. So, and I talk about, and I've talked about this in your show last time, you know, when I was 10 years into my entrepreneurial journey, I was $600,000 in debt. The bank had called the note. I was going to lose my house. My kid and I were going to be homeless. I had a lot going on in my head. My itty bitty shitty committee had 600,000 reasons to meet with me and beat on me. I decided and I, I decided I needed help. So I, I hired a coach. And in the process of hiring that coach, we had to change the tape in my head. We had to change that doom loop. So the first thing I had to recognize was I had to identify that beating myself up was not working anymore. I had to identify being in debt was not something I no longer wanted. First thing. Second thing for me is I had to create an intention of what I did want. My intention was I want to be out of debt. My intention was I want to honor my commitments to my vendors, to my bank. I want to honor the commitments to my child. I couldn't have expectations of how that was going to happen because then I would be shut down. Expectations are win or lose. Intention creates massive creativity. So then I created a strategy around that intention of how to get out of debt. The first strategy didn't work. The second strategy didn't work. The third strategy had some ideas, but completely. By the time we got to our 20th strategy within diversified industrial staffing, we got momentum. But we had to go, go to the fourth step and we had to get help. We had to iterate. We had to put it into practice. We had to keep what worked, got rid of what didn't. And we had to pivot into a different space. So we had to go back to the top of the loop. Well, what was working? We came up with a, a, a literally a fail forward award within the organization. So we didn't reward the employee who had the most success that week. But we had rewarded the employee who had the most quote unquote failures that week because they were learning. They were iterating. Within eight years, we get out of debt, paid off all $800,000. We hockey stick the business. We grew it like a rocket ship. Made the Inc. 5000 is one of the fastest growing companies in the United States six times and took care of a lot of things. And, and I realized like when someone wants to hire me as a coach, they'll say, I want to hire you as my coach because I want to be in the Inc. 5000 six times. I'm not the coach for that. that. That was a byproduct of like you talked about getting unstuck, a byproduct of having intention, not expectation, a byproduct of massive iteration. That was really part of the, the being on the list was a, a happy accident. It, it was never the goal. Yeah. So since you mentioned that in the book, you mentioned about it's the thin line between suck and success. What is that thin line is about? Like people not really understand that there's just like one line across that you just have to like 
cross this and then you will get it already why you stop <laughs> so so th this is you know in in every every problem in life and and this is just truly my experience it, it is a people problem mm. it's a people problem it's in business it's in personal it's a people problem but i argue and i, I and i put this premise out in the book the biggest gap between suck and, suck and success is your internal mindset. Half of the, there's eight chapters in the book. Half of it is, is devoted to changing mindset, teaching people how to do that, learning how to self-coach, learning how to self-process, to be able to go from something happening for me versus have it, have it happening to me. Um, I, I think, it, so if you get, when you get the book, you're going to notice that the beginning of the book is a forward from my coach, Dr. Daniel Friedman. The end of the book is a closeout in my tribute to him and my, my epilogue to him. And, and the best way I can teach this to somebody, because I'm sure someone's watching and saying, this guy's crazy. You know, the pandemic is happening to me. It's not happening for me. Or, you know, this, this part of my life happened to me, not for me. So I'm going to tell you everybody a story about Dr. Danny Friedman. On November 15th of 2020, Dr. Danny Friedman was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. And in that stage four brain cancer, he had some choices to make. And uh, he called me and shared with me the choices he made on the 17th. So two days later, and, he, and I'm watching him on the screen, just like I'm watching you. And he's super calm. He's telling me I have stage four brain cancer. The runway of my life has been compressed and reduced significantly. Now he knows this because he's literally a medical doctor who studies the brain. So he knows what the diagnosis means to his lifespan. I, I was devastated. I'm like, I'm emotional and he's calm. And I said, help me better understand what you went through. Help me better understand what you're going through and help me better understand how you're going to live the rest of your life. Teach me. He was brilliant about it. He goes, for two days, uh, I was definitely wrapped up in fear. No doubt about it, which again, made him, I, I love it when, it, when a, a powerful leader like him, I mean, he coaches the conscious capitalism guys. He coaches the whole food guys and he happens to coach me. I mean, I'm, he's, there's these rock stars and then I'm like this, this opening act band in, in his world, in my mind. And he, then he pivots into, I met with my family. We have decided, I have decided that cancer is happening for me, not to me. Cancer is going to be the defining moment of my life and it's going to be the biggest piece of my legacy. Now, He's got about 15 months plus or minus left. And he is on fire. He is, he's created a YouTube channel. On that YouTube channel, he checks in every day. He's literally teaching people how to live their best life for the rest of their life when their lifespan has been shortened. Essentially, how do we die? His family's in contributing content. He's got them involved in the process. He's sharing stories. They're sharing stories of what it's like to, to potentially lose a, a family member. And it's, it's just like a Netflix series. You know, I, I, I got to watch every day. What's going to happen now? And, and that to me, if, 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 if we can all slow down the monkeys in our mind, slow down our stuck and recognize that a lot of what life happens is really happening for us to teach us. That allows us to teach back to the world. That's, I think, the, the real gap between suck versus success. Yeah. Wow, that's so powerful. I think that's also something that very true that you have to accept what really happened with yourself first, right? Being authentic, like something that you always promote in your um, speech, in your story, whatever you always say that accept who you really are and be real with yourself. And that's, that's really hard to do. I mean, it's really hard to do, you know, when we're, I call it ATV, authentic, transparent, and vulnerable. 
And I dealt with so many of those, those 42 CEOs who were struggling, just struggling to be vulnerable for their teams. And they didn't want to look like a weak leader. I didn't want to look like I didn't, you know, I had one leader say, I don't have any answers. What do I say? Because if I say I don't know anything, I feel like it, 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 it erodes my position within the organization. It's the direct opposite. When a leader gets on, you know, gets on a video or, or gets on a Zoom call and, and communicates with their teams and, and they, they share with them, here's where we are. Here's where I'd like us to be going. There's a gap. I'm not sure how we're going to close that gap. We're getting government funding. We've applied. Um, we're not sure what our clients are doing. But I see you guys. I care about all of you. Please reach out to me. I'm a resource to you. It, it gives people an amazing sense of calm because in the absence of communication, and leaders need to understand this, when we don't share what's going on, even the bad news or the uncertain news, employees, the teams we work with, the people who work with us are going to fill in those gaps of information with their own narratives. And mm. their narratives, they're going to fill it in most likely with the worst case scenario. Um, I sent a, you know, I had people say, I sent a text to my boss and they didn't get back to me. I'm probably going to get fired. Like, where did that come from? Like, huh? Well, that's what it was. And you talk to the boss. He's like, uh, I'm on a plane, so I can't text anybody. And then I had three meetings when I landed and I'll get back to you within 24 hours. It, it's just, you know, my, my company's going to close. Uh, we're all going to be laid off. Uh, I'm going to lose my, all the, the, the itty bitty shitty committee that I would do. In the absence of information, we have to fill, we fill in the narrative because it gives our brain something to chew on. Well, why don't we as leaders show up, be authentic, transparent, vulnerable, share with what we know, share with what we don't know, include everybody in the conversation. Millennials love that stuff. Include us in the conversation. Let's talk through options and ideas on what we can do to get unstuck in our company. I think human in general like to speak about themselves, but actually not. Well, I, I, I certainly know every, I, know, I will tell you this, and this is an old recruiter trick. I know everybody's favorite word. Everybody has the same favorite word. Everybody's favorite word is their name. And if you just drop that into conversations, people will get them going. Um, I, I really think that people do love to speak. People do love to fill in that space of dead air. Great leaders, in my experience, do, do a couple of things with that. They speak last within their leadership teams, and they listen to absorb the conversation, not to respond. Because when I'm listening to respond, I'm already building a case to come back at you for whatever you've said. Where if I listen to absorb, I take it in, I process that, 30 seconds, then I'm able to come back and give a much more thoughtful answer. And when I give a, a person speaking to me a thoughtful, well placed answer, or I, I come back with a really well thought out question to what they've just said, does two things. We help, we help them be seen and we help them be heard. And especially in these times right now of disconnect, the more connection we can create, even through a Zoom call or, or a conversation where people feel like they're seen and heard, it really does change things. Do you think this involved to the ego, both for leader side and also the follower side? Well, when I, when I think of ego, when I think of ego, I look, I have to look in the mirror. Um, so pride and ego from me, at least prevented me from getting help when my business was crashing. Pride and ego will, will tell us we can, we can do whatever. We don't need the rest of the world. Mm. Um, I, I've noticed during, during the pandemic that there's been this push ar around people dealing with, with alcoholism with drug addiction, especially entrepreneurial leaders that I know. And there's this thought process that I've really, really seen. It's just been so powerful. It's called, it's called COVID sobriety. 
of all things. <laughs> and in the COVID sobriety, people are getting help and they're putting aside their pride and ego. And they're recognizing and realizing that there's a big link sometimes between the behavior of an entrepreneur and the behavior of someone with an addiction problem. And so if you look at it, both of those people, the entrepreneur in crisis or the person with an addiction problem, they really do need help. Uh, I, I mean, I can appreciate that people are going to say, I, I can do what I need to do. I, I can stop when I want to stop, or I can go grow my business without help. The reality is this. We all have limits. <laughs> we all have strengths and we have limitations. I had them. I can tell my family will tell you this. My list of strengths are about three. My list of limits are about a hundred. We all have them. It's when a coach comes in and, and we look at someone's hero's journey from above, we were their guide of their journey. We can help them figure out, hey, you've got some limitations in this area, or you've got some teammates on your team that need to be coached up or coached out. You've got some challenges on how you run your day. Same thing with someone who's got an addiction problem is someone who's been there, done that, survived that is going to have a different perspective. So I think what people can get from is that they're willing to, and it takes, takes some self-awareness, which most of us have limited amounts of, to get that, that help and put that pride and ego aside. So when, I, when you say pride and ego, I really think it's sometimes it's one of our biggest detriments in how we show up every day. Yeah. And asking for help is something like stop you from moving forward, actually. That's like from many perspectives, though, like from health perspective, from um, personal growth perspective as well. Like asking for help is something like, I think they, they may, I mean, I used to feel that way as well. Like I have to water someone to help me. Well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a humility play too. It's like, I have to recognize and I have to be humble enough to ask for help. Um, it's also important, I think, to ask the right people for help. Mm. So if, you know, I've got a client going through this right now. They have an employee who, who, who's kind of a pot stirrer. And what they'll do is they get the entire company riled up around her drama and around her perspective and her being a victim or a martyr. And she'll get people in the organization to, to co-sign, you know, to sign off. Oh, yes, you are the victim. Yes, you are the martyr. We feel so bad for you. And, and they create this little tribe of, of drama. That's not helpful. That, no one grows from that. No one heals from that. And it's, it's important, I think, for people to recognize that some of the, the the, the greatest growth we had, can do in a company, the greatest growth we can do within our families even is self-growth. You know, it's like the airplanes, like the airport say, you know, put your mask on first before putting the mask on your kids. You, if, you're, if you're a leader and you can be a leader in your family, not just a leader in your business. If you're a leader and people rely on you and people depend on you and you're going out and getting the wrong people to give you information, the wrong people to, to support you, you're going to be, not putting the oxygen mask on. The right people are, are the people who, who are able to, to give you insights that maybe you're missing, to, to shine a light on your, your blind spots. And they're able to, with love, care, and compassion, help you be the best version of you. No one's perfect. But if we can help people get to the best versions of themselves, their resources are going to rise. And as demands come at that level, they're going to be able to handle them. We get into chaos and crisis as leaders when the demands exceed our resources. We're, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm not enough. Oh my gosh, the world wants more from me than I can give. And, and it just, the delta, that gap becomes wider. If as leaders, we can practice self-care and self-compassion and we have people in our tribes 
you know, we are known by the, the five most people we spend the most time with. And if you're spending time with people who are bringing you down, you're spending time with people who are, are feeding you negativity. We don't need people to tell you, I don't need people to tell me how great I am, but I need people to say, hey, listen, you got broccoli in your teeth. You should probably go clean your teeth up because you have to go up here on the podcast this morning. And let, let, let's, you know, I, I don't want to show up looking like a complete disheveled mess versus the people who say you look great in everything you wear or, or no, that, that's not genuine. We want people who are going to support us the way we best need to be supported. And that doesn't mean always agreeing with us. Mm-hmm. And that's why you, you mentioned in the book about empowering yourself with people who surrounding you because an entrepreneur alone is an entrepreneur at least. I just quote that. So yeah, that's, that's like, even though by definition, entrepreneur means risk taker, but you cannot be alone. Like, well, seriously. It, 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 like, we should talk about that for a second because taking a risk is inherent to being an entrepreneur. Mm. There's, there's, there's irresponsible risk and there's calculated risk. There's mm. still risk. So, and I've explained this to my clients kind of this way. An irresponsible risk taker is someone who gets a brand new Porsche sports car and they get in it and they drive 120 miles an hour without a seatbelt. That's an irresponsible risk taker. Here's a responsible risk taker. They get a Porsche, they drive it at the speed limit. And here's the key that, that they never, it, it takes them a lot of grass. They don't drive that way when they're solo in their car. They drive that way when their kids are in the car, when others depend on them. We actually psychologically do more for others than we will for ourselves. We're actually more responsible and we mitigate risk when other people are involved, mm. not just flying solo. So an entrepreneur alone really is an entrepreneur risk. So part of the mindset shift becomes, how do we get them to recognize that you're never really alone? Even if you're, say you're a single person, unless you're truly a solopreneur who has who, who just builds, yeah, the reality is you're never alone. So even if you're not, I was going to say, even if you're an entrepreneur who builds software for someone else, someone else is using that software. Yeah. Or you're, some, you're, you're, you're someone, you know, you're, you're a solo practitioner who, who lives in a cave without internet. The reality is, as an entrepreneur, you're providing a service to someone somewhere. So you're yeah. never really alone. So the reality becomes, if we recognize that we are a global community, if we recognize that what we provide goes to someone, we're never really alone. What we do is we kid ourselves and we say, I'm alone, I'm isolated, I, I'm worthless, right? Mm. That's the person who needs to recognize that their imposter syndrome screaming at them. And that imposter syndrome is wrong because you have value. You haven't defined yet maybe what that value can be. And if you know, you have a client who fires you or your spouse leaves you, you still have value. And it's, it's important to recognize that, that you're not alone. You're only alone if you choose to be alone. There's groups like EO, SCORE. Um, there's 12-step programs for whomever's listening today. You don't have to be alone. And not everybody can afford to hire a coach. And I understand that. But I'm seeing now all these, these wonderful mastermind groups popping up, up on Facebook and Clubhouse and social media outlets. Go find a tribe to be part of. Don't choose to be alone. Yeah, find the one that you feel comfortable being with and challenge you to go further as well. Not like... Well, like, you, like, like you were yeah. talking about, the, the group that's going to challenge you to get unstuck, not the group that's going to keep pushing you down. <laughs> of course, Yeah. Not like those who like keep you remain the same thing and everything cherish you all the time. Like that's not challenging. No, well, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. Mm. 
Sure, hundred percent. Um, I think the last one that I want to touch a bit is about as a leaders, right? Um, to say sorry for themselves, sorry for their teamwork, or sorry for the um other stakeholder or even the clients is hard, especially in the hard time. So, leaders strategically um planning moving forward as a CEO in the hard time, like. How would you guide them to to have this successful life? Well, I, I think it's hard for any human being to say they're sorry, <laughs> whether it's to to your significant other, to your clients, to your kids, to yourself. And as we're coming out of the pandemic, which I really feel like we are, <laughs> the world is going to look differently. It's going to be different, and when we when we sincerely apologize to someone, it does shift their energy. When we sincerely sh share, when we own our part in that process, and then we offer to make amends, it shifts the energy, it shifts the room. You know, it's it's so important for leaders to recognize that we're going to make decisions that aren't always popular. That's okay. If a leader can make a decision that's for the best interest of the totality, the best interest of the company, not the best interest of the leader, not the best interest maybe of their internal tribe, maybe their leadership team or their favorite employee, whatever. Uh, or I've had leaders do this. They make, a best, they make a decision that's for the best interest of their family because they need the money versus the business needs the money. It's important for them to recognize that it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's always a people issue. It's the person making the decision. And if the, if the leader makes the wrong decision or they make a decision that doesn't work, the quicker they own that, the quicker they, they clear that out, the magic happens there. Because when we don't own our stuff, when we don't apologize, when we don't own our contribution, what happens is people resent us. And resentment is one of the, the key factors in the erosion of any relationship. And people are typically not taught on how to clear that out of a room. It's, it's so interesting that you asked that question because I just worked with a group in Texas. They have been together, oh my gosh, eight years. The resentments were building. The infighting was happening. Mm. They, brought me in to, they brought me in to facilitate the opportunity for healing. To heal, we have to say we're sorry. To heal, we have to be seen and heard. To heal, we have to talk about resentments. And that's really hard work for people to do. And it's uncomfortable work. And in our world today of, of instant gratification, our world of, micro, I call it the microwave society. You know, we stand at the microwave, push a minute, like hurry up, hurry up, hurry, I'm hungry. And maybe you should have thought about that two minutes ago, not one minute ago. We, we want that instant gratification. Hard work is uncomfortable. Hard work takes time. I was with this group for almost a little over three hours, helping them clear out ick clear out the, the layers of, of resentments, the, the history they all brought to this conversation. Then magic happened. Someone said they were sorry. I'm sorry too. I didn't understand you were going through this. I thought all the assumptions, again, in the gap of information, people fill in what they want. Someone got emotional. Someone started tearing up and they talked about how much they cared for each other. Because really, we all work in tribes, believe it or not. Even if we work remotely, we can still work as a team. And these people, to their credit, took years of pain, years of discomfort, 
years of ick and cleared the room and started anew. They were actually stronger having gone through those tough times. So when a leader says they're sorry, whether it's to your, your team, to your shareholders, to your stakeholders, and you clear that room and people who are seen and heard, that's the magic. Yeah. And that's everyone. That's from success to success. So yes. Todd, in case anyone wants to work with you or follow you or buy the book from you, where can they reach out to you then? Oh, gosh. So anybody who, who wants to buy the book, please go to the website from suck to success um, or extraordinary advisors. It'll be on both, both websites. Um, again, today on February 9th, 2021, the book's going to be 99 cents. Um, after that, the price goes up and the hard copy will be out within 30 days. So this is the Kindle version, just in case anybody wants to be clear about it. And like I said, you buy it, you don't like it. I'll give you your dollar back. Um, I'm happy. I, you know, I want to, I want people to feel like they can buy it with the money back guarantee. It's a dollar. I'll be fine. Um, if anybody is interested in, in learning more about how I coach or anybody's stuck, I guess let's stay there. If anybody's currently stuck and you're hearing the conversation and you're thinking, wow, I wish I could talk to Todd, email me, Todd at extraordinaryadvisors.com. Mention that you heard me on today's show and I will give you 30 minutes of my time for free. I've had people use that offer and we've talked about being stuck in there with their kids, stuck in their business. I had one person reach out to me saying, I'm going to file bankruptcy. I just, I just need to tell somebody because I'm so full of shame and guilt. They were on the call for an hour, found money, and they're still in business today. So the power of reaching out to a community that cares about you is what I'm here for because it really goes into it. And some people are like, why would you do that? Here's the gift it gives to me. It allows me to live my purpose. I can improve someone's life through a conversation. Oh my gosh, what a great use of time. What a, what a great use of, uh, of my time here in, on the planet. So that's why I do that. So please don't overthink it. Don't let your itty bitty shitty committee tell you don't call. I'm not going to solicit you. I'm not going to try to, to engage you in a coaching environment. It, I, my, I've had two coaches in my life, Greg and Danny, and this is my chance to pay them back for all the help they've given me over the, since 2006. Yeah, I'm so appreciated. We share the same value, Todd. And thank you so much for joining the Get Unstuck video again today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure to be here. hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.